This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Digital Health Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Linda Stevenson, CIO of Fisher Titus Medical Center in Ohio. Linda, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. For our um, conversation today, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because I know there's a lot happening. Um, before we dive into my discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, I have been privileged to be in healthcare for about 35 years now, um, starting in the very beginning in billing of all places, but that took me down the path of um, really enjoying time in IT as an analyst. I think I get to play detective and dig into problems that the organization has from a revenue cycle perspective and then moved into project management from there, um, doing project management for everything from HIPAA to EMR implementations, to RevCycle implementations, and also handling uh, time as a data security administrator. So really privileged to be able to work with almost every single hospital department and um, put it all together for the organization, which is a blessing as a CIO. Absolutely. I can imagine, you know, there's just so much happening uh, to have that administrative backing, you know, definitely is helpful. So when you think about everything, especially that we've been through over the past few years during the pandemic, obviously healthcare changed a lot and, and a lot of digital health rose to the forefront. So what are you most excited about right now? I think the thing that excites me the most right now is this really big shift towards focus on the patient. And I know that sounds silly, because we're always here for the patient. But for many years, I think our focus was on regulations and focus was on physicians, but we're really now starting to spend a lot more time on, on really what the patient wants, what the patient needs, and keeping that patient as part of the full experience. So our technology for everything from their payments to just their medical records to engaging them more in every aspect of their care. So that's a big trend that I'm really loving. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's just so interesting, it, you know, especially considering um, how the CIO role has really evolved, um, you know, and to hear that you're focused on the patient experience and really, um, you know, upping the ante on that journey as well as patient care is so interesting. So from your perspective at Fisher Titus, what are some of the things that you're doing and have worked really well to engage the patient on the digital front and, and, and really make sure that you're delivering great patient care? How can you do that as a CIO? Well, we had to start here with foundations, so we had to go back to the basics and make sure that our the, the patient's portal, that they access their medical records and had everything possible that it could, you know, getting the open notes out there, um, getting their patient self-scheduling set up so they could schedule not only telehealth visits but regular in-person visits themselves. We're looking now at um, really easing the burden from a financial perspective and reaching out to them with payment plans online. Um, really um, understanding a little bit more about what their propensity is to pay as well. So using tools to look at their ability to pay so we can predict that way in advance of their service even. And then on the back end, follow-up tools we'll be looking at from, you know, follow-up to surgeries, once you go home, doing remote patient monitoring. Um, so it's really from the very beginning of the first time you kind of have an experience with us to come in our doors, to afterwards making sure we help you to maintain your health once you're home. 
Got it. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's really great to hear how you've been able to integrate into that process, which I know is so important for any health system in their strategy admission going forward. I'm wondering too, you know, what aspects of healthcare do you see as still being primed for IT disruption? I know we've had a lot of technology creep into so many different aspects of the healthcare system. So what do you see as really being kind of the next area that really could um, have be impacted by technology? Well, I think that I'm keeping an eye on any kind of artificial intelligence stuff. Um, we have a little bit of it here. We are starting to work with our physicians and offer artificial intelligence to complete their notes for them. So kind of like a virtual AI scribe that sits in the background and listens to the physician as they're seeing the patient, creates the note in the background, and then the doctor just has to read it and sign off when it's done. And it's capturing so much more information than even um, a person sitting next to the doctor typing for them could capture. You know, it, it, they, they can really capture so much more accuracy, thorough, um, so that's just the tip of the iceberg. So I see that as maybe something that we can do in a lot more places, but it's, we're just now getting down that path. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And I know artificial intelligence is definitely a hot button topic right now in terms of the potential that it could have both in clinical care as well as the efficiency on the operational side. Is there anything that you're doing in terms of the conversations you're having around the artificial intelligence technology? What do you really have to be aware of as you're thinking about it and implementing it to make sure that it's done in the right way? I think the key is to, well, first of all, there's probably a lack of trust. It's new. It's scary for some. So really doing pilots of it to make sure that you um, get the buy-in, get the change control in a safe, roll out in a safe way, but also the quality control and the validation. So it was really a lot of time spent on the back end making sure that anything that the AI produces is accurate and has quality to it and is better than what we could do on our own. Because obviously, if that's not the case, why would I spend the money and time and effort on that? Um, but really, really taking our time to roll it out slowly and watch for that quality control. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point. And just the only other thought I have around artificial intelligence is when you're thinking about implementing it and bringing it into the conversation with the broader team, what do you really do to, to make sure they feel comfortable with the artificial intelligence technology as well? Uh, a lot of work with, uh, in, in the case of physicians, because that's where we're at right now, a lot of work with our physician champions, uh, finding a few people who really want to adopt it and then can be the, the champions to say to the other physicians, look, this is how it helped me, and this is the benefits that I've seen. And then circling back around with also the, here's the additional charges or revenue or data that we've been able to capture. Um, the proof is in the pudding. They always like to see um, hard data to help convince them that, that it's worth it. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point, having that data together and then knowing not only the time that they could save, but also, as you mentioned, the um, financial aspects of it as well really is a powerful case for implementing some of this technology. So yeah. we've talked a lot about some of the exciting things happening, but what do you see as the top challenges that you're preparing for over the next two years or so? Uh, well, a uh, challenge goes without saying is cybersecurity is always top of mind. Uh, limited resources in a rural healthcare organization that we're in, it's, it's very important that I monitor cybersecurity so closely 
and make sure our money is spent in the appropriate ways to support that. So that's number one. Number two is probably staffing. We are always challenged in a rural area with, you know, hiring. Hiring is hard everywhere, but it's especially hard when you're out. Uh, we're about two hours away from the nearest large city. So we don't get the same influx of talent naturally coming here. So we have to get really creative in, in recruiting and reaching out and remote work, um, which we all we did long before COVID, and we will continue to have to support that. So I would say security and, and staffing are our biggest challenges right now. Absolutely. I think a lot of health systems are right along with you. And, and it's just so interesting to see, you know, how um, as you mentioned, the recruiting and talent gap there can be in the IT space as well as in healthcare. Is there anything that you've found that uh, has worked particularly well to draw in new recruits or, or um, early career um, individuals to really build out the teams that you need? Well, we're working towards going out to the schools and working with internships and things. That's just now starting, but up to this point, really, I've depended a lot on really great culture. Uh, really developing the culture of um, my team to be um, innovative, rewarded, team, very team atmosphere. Even though they're remote, they all support each other. And I think that more often than not, once we get people on site for an interview and they get to meet the team and feel what it's like to be part of this team, um, that, that's what convinces them that it's really the, right, the best place to be even if they're not physically here, to have that connection at first, and then they go remote, we still have those connections remotely. Yeah, that's a really great point, and it's so helpful, I think, for businesses across the board. And when you're thinking, too, about building out your teams and bringing on new people and then incorporating some of the artificial intelligence technologies as well, are there any new skills or uh, types of roles that you'll be bringing onto your team in the future? I think the one that is probably the hardest to find and, and we'll be looking for more of is more of that data analytics, business intelligence type role. Someone who can really get into Power BI and analytics and dashboard building because there's just never ending need for more and more of that data um, management. So uh, a lot more of that. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Well, Linda, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really outstanding discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much. It's been great to join you.